This week, I'm dishing on the two things I did wrong in both of my marriages. La, 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 Hello la, and welcome la, to Big Lash Energy. La, la, I'm your host, Jaina Marie. La, la, when I was younger, my dad liked to joke that nobody was going to marry me because I didn't know how to cook. Well, never one to be told that I couldn't do something. I really stuck it to him and I got married twice. <laughs> what can I say? I'm an overachiever. Once was right after I turned 20, and the second time was right before I turned 30. Both times, we spent three years dating and four years married. So essentially, I was married for eight years, just not to the same person. (laughs) The first time I was divorced, I was convinced that now I would be wearing a scarlet letter that no one would want to be with me knowing that I'd already taken a walk down the aisle. But surprisingly, That wasn't the case at all. I don't think anyone I dated mentioned or even cared that I'd been someone's wife before. I think once they heard how young I was, what I'd been through, they understood that it was an unhealthy situation and that I tried my best and lasted as long as I could in a painful and emotionally abusive situation. Then the second divorce came around. This time, it was different. I was 34 and divorced for the second time when lots of the men I was meeting hadn't even done it once. Now came the questions. What's wrong with you? Can we just take a second to rant about how annoying this is? Why must we assume that just because a relationship failed that there's something wrong with me or anyone for that matter? There are a whole host of things that could have gone wrong. Bad timing, bad combination of people, life circumstances. We could have simply outgrown each other or each decided it was time to move on. It's wild to me that what's wrong with you is so many people's first response. (laughs) Anyways... I gotta get my heart rate back down to normal. Okay, where were we? Of course, whenever we go through a breakup, it's easy to blame the other person for all the ways in which they sucked. And believe me, in each of my marriages, the lists were long. And to be honest, I'm pretty confident that I was a bomb wife. It's not easy for me to come up with ways I messed up because I was fully dedicated both times, doing everything I could to support my person, to be everything I thought that he needed to be. I was patient and loving. I woke up every morning and asked myself, what could I do to make sure they felt loved? But no one's perfect. Sometimes it's just a bad combination of people. We're more like oil and vinegar than peanut butter and jelly. With that being said, I believe that an integral part of personal growth is digging deep and asking yourself, what role did I play in this situation? What would I do differently next time? Speaking of next time, another question that I get often is, would you get married again? To which I would say... (laughs) I don't need it. I'd rather have someone choose me every day than feel stuck with me because we signed a contract. One time I heard, if your cell phone provider is so great, then why do they make you sign a contract? And that's kind of how I feel about marriage. Both times I got married, I felt duped because before the wedding, each man cared a lot about my happiness, didn't want me to be upset, and would go out of his way to fix anything if I brought up the issue. But after marriage, it was more like, oh, you have a problem with something? Eh. You'll get over it. It's like they needed to live in the fear that they could get fired at any moment in order to be on their best behavior. The way I'd consider getting married again is maybe if my partner really wanted it or if he was a billionaire or in the case of there being stepkids involved and we wanted to be a family then, sure, throw a wedding dress on me. Let's do this shit. Anyways, I've done some soul searching, some critical thinking and a lot of therapy and now I can tell you the two ways I messed up in both 
of my marriages. And just wait till you hear what happened when I took my ex to Mexico. I'd be really interested to hear if you would have done the same thing as me. Okay, let's get to the good stuff. Welcome to Big Lush Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. Number one, I was passive in the decision-making process of who I should marry. So basically, I was doomed from the very start. I accepted whomever happened to be in front of me as the only option. I never took into consideration that there's an entire world full of other people or personalities, and it was just whomever was standing in front of me at whatever place he happened to be at in his life at what seemed like what was supposed to be the next step in our relationship. I remember writing in my diary back when, <laughs> wait, <laughs> that's when you know you're getting married too young, when you still have a diary. <laughs> like, not a journal, an actual diary, like one with one of those tiny locks on it uh, that came with two little keys. Yeah, my secrets needed to be locked up in case my parents got Snoopy. Anyways, I remember writing in my diary, I know I'm not ready to get married, but I do want to move out and I don't think I want to break up with him. So there I was going through the motions, planning a wedding so I could get the heck out of my parents' house and start living as a grown adult. Oh my God. So overrated. Am I right? <laughs> I should have known it wasn't meant to be when everyone I told I was engaged said, oh, are you sure? Or aren't you too young? But I figured they were just haters. Looking back, I've got to say, God bless my parents for standing there, supporting me, walking me down the aisle, even though it was something they really didn't want me to do. They couldn't stand the guy I was marrying, even to the point my mom was practically begging me not to do it right before I walked down the aisle. I had no idea what a giant decision I was making, and I didn't realize that the issues we had when we were dating would only get worse afterwards. I didn't ask important questions or look for the important things when deciding if I should say yes or no. I was just so flattered someone wanted to marry me, excited to wear the fancy ring and move out of my parents' house. One time I was doing a wedding for a bride who was getting married for the second time. It was almost like she was ashamed that it wasn't her first. The way she talked about the wedding was like I shouldn't even think it was special because she'd already done it once before, but that wasn't the case at all. I give so much credit to people who are willing to try again after being hurt or disappointed with what happened the first time. As I did her makeup, she told me all about her fiance. She said, I just love how organized he is because I can be so scatterbrained sometimes. He's such a good person, such a great problem solver and very responsible with money. I cut her off and I said, how old were you when you got married the first time? She said, oh, I just turned 20. I said, right. Now, when you were 20, did any of the things you just listed to me right now matter to you? Were you looking for a man who was organized, good with money and a good problem solver? She laughed and said, oh, hell no. Exactly. At 20, all you're thinking is, uh, he's cute. I like how he dresses. He likes the same music as me and I like making out with him. She goes, you nailed it. I said, so don't be so hard on yourself for the fact that your first marriage didn't work out. You had no idea what you should be looking for and no idea how massive of a commitment it truly was. So take a second to think about how your priorities changed through the decades. I know when I was in my late teens, early 20s, there was only really three things I looked for in a partner. I wanted him to have a little bit of independence, like hopefully his own car, <laughs> have a fun personality, and he needed to like me. That's about it. 
<laughs> in my 30s, the list got a little longer. Uh, I wanted him to be secure. Like, I wanted him to be established in some sort of way. I wanted him to get along well with my family. He needed to be supportive of my goals. And I wanted him to be easy to talk to. Again, that was pretty much it. In my 40s, however, probably the reason I haven't gotten married in this decade yet, the list of things I'm looking for is significantly longer. Now, I want him to be confident, focused on his personal growth, emotionally mature enough to communicate effectively and apologize when needed, passionate about something, have a good sexual chemistry, a good sense of humor, see me as his teammate and not his competition, have a similar level of ambition, a positive outlook on life, be organized, have a calm disposition, get along well with my family, have a sense of adventure, and that's really just the start. (laughs) Anyways, to sum it all up, both times I got married, It felt like it was out of need or maybe an obligation, but not because of a deep love or spiritual connection. Okay, on to number two. And honestly, this is the main one. I basically just had to say the first one because, yeah, basically I chose wrong. But truly, the real thing that I did wrong was I didn't get mad enough. In my first marriage, I was like a scared little mouse. I was terrified at all times that I was going to get in trouble and too afraid to stand up for myself. I'd get yelled at for hours over the dumbest things and I just took it. I just took it. And I just took it. He was an insecure, unhappy man and I just absorbed it. I think because I was afraid of making things worse. I know for a fact that if I was in that same relationship as the Jaina today, Things would have been completely different. I wouldn't have put up with that bullshit and I would have told him to work on his anger issues. In fact, I'd probably go live with my family until he agreed to get help. But back then, my only concern was not rocking the boat. The perfect example of how I didn't get mad enough was the time I took my second husband to Mexico. I was booked to do a destination wedding, but he and I hadn't been spending much time together, so I paid for him to be added to my room at this very fancy, all-inclusive, and asked that he leave his work at home, since he was always glued to his laptop. I even paid to upgrade our room to an ocean view suite. Well, when we got there, he was nonstop on his computer and doing work phone calls, and I started to think that maybe I should have just gone on my own. One thing about him was that he was very protective of his phone, which, of course, is a major red flag. And as I mentioned before, he used to sleep on it so I wouldn't have access to it while he slept. And yes, I know. Red flag, red flag, red flag. But I was married to him and being suspicious with your phone isn't exactly grounds for divorce. Anyways, there was one day he was tired out from playing volleyball all afternoon and went back to our room and passed out. By mistake, he did it with his laptop open. Now, as I said, he was always partying and always protective of his phone. So even though I'm not usually that crazy hacking girlfriend, for some reason on this day, I decided to take a peek into his DMs. Unfortunately, that's when I found so many messages from women saying things like, Oh my God, I had so much fun with you last night. Or, Thanks for the ride home. Or, You're the best dance partner ever. Or, Last night was like a movie. Thanks for buying drinks for me and all my girlfriends. Of course, I realize now I shouldn't have been surprised. But back then, even though I knew he was partying a lot, he never mentioned any other women and especially not driving anybody home. Anyways, there was one conversation he had with somebody that upset me more than the others. 
it was a conversation between him and one of his exes. He sent her a DM first saying, I love your new profile picture. Now, ladies, I'm sure we all know the difference between a man who will comment on your photo publicly versus someone who sends you a private message saying that he likes your photo, right? Right. So I kept reading. He said, I love your new photo. She said, oh, thank you. Then he said, I miss you. Oh, I miss you, huh? Thankfully, she had some sense about her and she said, Didn't you just get married recently? Your wife is beautiful. And he said, Yeah, she's all right. All right. (laughs) All right. I looked over at him, sleeping in his ocean view king size bed that I was paying for, laying face up with his belly rising and falling, mouth wide open, choking every once in a while because of his sleep apnea, like, Yeah. I'm all right. (laughs) I'm all right. The word stung. Of course I was hurt. If that wasn't bad enough, he said, what's new with you? She goes, oh, I just bought a new place. And he said, oh, that's awesome. Maybe one night I should come over with a bottle of wine and we can christen the place together. Christen the place together? I really didn't know what that was supposed to mean. I also didn't know if that conversation continued over text, if he did in fact go over to her place, or what any of this really meant. I was raging mad from the inside. Like, if I'm really honest, I wanted to scoop his eyeballs out with the room service spoons. I wanted to shave off his eyebrows while he slept, dump his suitcase full of clothes in the ocean. Hell, I wanted to fly home and leave his dusty ass in Mexico, but I'm far too logical for that. And I had a reputation for being the cool wife. I decided that I paid too much for this trip to ruin it. I'd keep my cool and deal with it when we got home. I just took that information, tucked it in my back pocket, and saved it for later. I know this isn't normal. Anyone I've told this story to has said that they would have freaked out. What about about you? you? What What would would you have done in my situation? situation? The next day, we were talking about the resort credits that we had in order to do any of the activities that we wanted. I said, oh, look. There's one here where you can go and do a wine tasting and they'll pair it with different foods for you. You know what he said to me? (laughs) He goes, oh, Jaina, you know I don't drink wine. It's safe to say I was crushed. He was telling her that he was going to bring her a bottle of wine to christen the place, but to me, he said he didn't drink wine. It's also safe to say that this had been a massive breach of trust. I hated that I had this information because I really didn't want to fight. I avoided conflict as much as I could. So in the name of keeping the peace, there I was sitting on a landmine deciding what I should do with it. I kept it in my back pocket for a few months and sure enough, he did something else disrespectful and I felt like now it was time to finally bring it up. I explained that I was embarrassed for going through his DMs, but as a wife, I should be able to do so without having my feelings get hurt. I could tell he was trying to play it cool on the outside, but his facial expression was saying, oh shit, what did she see? He stood as calmly as he could as he rushed to open up his Facebook with his hands and scrolled through his DMs. I said, I found a bunch of inappropriate conversations, but the one that bothered me the most was the one between you and your ex-girlfriend. He continued to scroll until it was obvious that he'd found the conversation because his thumbs stopped moving and his eyes got bigger. I could tell his mind was moving a mile a minute trying to figure out how he was going to explain this. Finally, he spoke up. 
Oh, Jaina, you know, it was it was just an inside joke because she knows I don't drink wine. As soon as he said this, I rolled my eyes because uh, an inside joke? There were no LOLs and it definitely wasn't funny either. So it was a pretty strange explanation. He continued his shitty half-hearted apology. It was inappropriate, but uh, it didn't mean anything. Sorry about that. And that was it. I didn't scream. I didn't cry. I didn't tell him to go sleep at his mom's. I didn't go off on him for how disrespected I felt. I just took his barely there apology and swallowed it. It felt like cotton balls on the way down. Dry, hard to digest, but I took it because for whatever reason, I didn't want to fight. When someone has breached your trust or disrespected or hurt you, it doesn't benefit you in the long run to hold it in because all it does is teach them that you have no boundaries. We want to believe that if we forgive someone for doing something shitty to us, that they'll be so thankful for the forgiveness that they'd never do it again. But the truth is, they really just learn that they can get away with disrespecting you. I realize now that avoiding conflict had me looking like a doormat in my marriage, and it didn't help me at all. I think I was getting a little bit tired of his shenanigans the next time something like this happened. So I never told him he couldn't party, even though I hated that we never spent time together. But he also worked really long hours at his office and would often stay overnight. I remember one night, he told me he was feeling really productive, so he was going to stay late. I said, oh, that's awesome. Get your work done, babe. I'm so proud of you. Then I checked in an hour later. How's it going over there? He goes, oh my God, so good. I'm getting so much done. Perfect. I was happy for him. But I was also sad that this meant it was just going to be another night of me being home alone. Then at about two o'clock in the morning, I got a text message from a past bride of mine saying, oh my God, Jaina, I just saw your husband out at the club. He's so funny. He's having the time of his life. My heart sank. Why the hell wouldn't he just say he was out? I never told him he couldn't go. Now he was lying to me and I look like the woman who has no idea where her husband is. Not cool. I pretended I knew he was out partying and just said, that's hilarious. What club did you see him at? And she said, Cabanas. Sweet. Yeah, Cabanas. He loves it there. Like I said, I usually never got mad at him, no matter how angry I was. But after years of being the cool wife, I guess it finally hit me that there was literally zero point. I was going to be disrespected anyway. So the next morning, I gave him a chance to come clean. I called him and I asked him how his work went. And of course, he went off on all the projects that he finished. That was it. I was done. Finally, I was pushed to my limit. I wanted to snap, but I knew at the time that I'd called, he was in the car with a woman that he worked with. Since I was still too civilized to make him look like an asshole in front of a work associate, I said, hey, you know, I need to talk to you. Can you go somewhere private? He said, sorry, babe, I can't. I'm driving. I said, yeah, then you need to pull over and go to the washroom or something right now. Get somewhere private. He goes, sorry, I can't. I said, all right, well, I warned you. I warned you. I warned you. Of course, he wasn't expecting that I was about to unleash three years of pent up anger. I freaked out on him, screaming, screaming on the top of my lungs. You must think I'm some new kind of stupid. You really think I don't know anyone in this city who knows who you are? You really think you can just do whatever you want and I'm not going to hear about it? I proceeded to cry and scream. I'm pretty sure everyone in my condo building heard me and I'm 100% sure the other woman in the car heard every word too. Good. Good. She should know what a lying dirtbag you are. What did I care anymore? 
Do you want to know what happened? What happened after I yelled and screamed at him for the first time ever in our relationship? After finally expressing how I actually felt? He thanked me. He said he appreciated that I cared that much and that sometimes he needed to be reeled back in. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? That's when I learned everybody needs boundaries and some men crave them. Imagine if you had a puppy and you thought he was so cute, you let him go anywhere in your house, never made any rules and never disciplined it when he did anything wrong. You would end up with a grown dog that shat all over your house. Well, I hate to compare men to dogs, but in this situation, the shoe fits. (laughs) Many of them will take exactly as much freedom as you'll give them. It's important that he knows he's free to do what he wants. You're not his mother, but If he takes advantage of the freedom he was given, he's going to lose your trust and you're not going to give him the same freedom anymore. This isn't about not letting somebody do what he wants. It's just putting a parameter around it, putting a fence around the yard so he doesn't go running all over the neighborhood. In other words, let's say now if I was in this relationship and my partner wanted to be in the nightclubs all the time, I would say, you can't go out this weekend if we haven't spent time together beforehand. Or I don't want you going out if my cup is empty. As a couple, our needs need to be a priority more than partying. And I would stand up for that. Instead, I lost my voice and he lost respect for me. The most important part of me finally expressing how I felt that I was telling him and myself that how I feel matters too. This is going to sound wild, but in the future, if a man does something that you'd consider a massive breach of trust, Go big, big. get Get mad, mad. like Like big big mad, mad. cry, make him sleep on the couch, give him the silent treatment, freak the fuck out, because then and only then will he understand how big what he did actually was. And it's not going to work if you just bring it up months later because it was sitting in your back pocket collecting dust. A man who truly loves you wants the challenge. He wants to be told what you expect because then he feels like he's working for something and he's earned it later. I know I had a client who told me that at one point her and her boyfriend broke up while they were dating. She said she was so mad at him for how he disrespected her one time. She blocked him on all forms of social media, blocked his phone number and everything. And I said, well, how did you end up getting engaged? And she said he reached out to one of her friends and met up with them and called her from her friend's phone. Wow. Wow. That's some dedication. When a man cares, he'll find a way. He'll step up to the plate. And if he doesn't, or if you don't make him care, he He won't. won't. So there you have it. The two things I did wrong in both my marriages. Thankfully, I've learned my lesson. And thankfully now, I would never just jump into a marriage just because it's the next step in my relationship. And now I have no problem standing up for what it is that I need and making sure someone's respecting my boundaries. So what do you think about today's episode? Do you think my advice is whack? (laughs) Or do you know someone who needs to hear this? Someone who's maybe being a bit of a pushover in their relationship? Someone who needs to learn how to stand up for themselves? If so, could you pretty please share this episode with them? I hear every time you do, my ex chokes on his wine. (laughs) It's true. 
Hopefully you liked this week's episode. Thank you for pressing play and make sure you come back next week where we're going to be giving advice to brides from brides. It's going to be a really fun episode. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, please go be your most fabulous self and don't forget to spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go. Thanks a lot. Goodbye.